My name is Finn Foster, and welcome to the Digging In Podcast Simply Deep series. On this podcast, we dig into scripture to find out the immense depth of some of the Bible's most well-known stories. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Digging In Podcast Simply Deep series. My name is Finn Foster, and I have my lovely wife, Chanel Foster, sitting right next to me. Hey. (laughs) We do not have Blue today, so our little dog Blue is um, probably sitting at home sleeping. She's most likely, for those of you concerned um, about her eating her foot last week, it's pretty normal, so she's probably eating her foot at home right now as we speak. Yeah, we're not really sure what she's doing when she does that. Maybe itching? Maybe Picking at her teeth? Yeah. She does it with her ears, too. She, like, sticks her foot in her ears and then, like kind of does this weird like moan like it hurts but she's getting something out of it she's a strange <laughs> she's dog. a weird dog in fact i'm not sure she's fully dog she might be part cat it's true <laughs> she's a it's really true. And a strange, wild animal and mostly once. wild animal yeah she's a strange animal uh, well hey guys uh if you have not yet please go back and listen to the part one of this um little episode uh, which was our previous one which is simply deep creation part one Uh, There's a reason why we're doing two-part episodes, and you're going to see a little bit of that today. So, um, you know, Chanel and I keep talking about whether or not we're just going to sit here, talk, chat, and joke a little bit before, but honestly, it's not that we don't want to. It's just that the content and the stuff we're talking about today is just so cool that we're just really pumped to get into it. So Mm -hmm. um, I say we just go for it. So what that means is, why don't you go ahead and grab your Bible, your pen, and some paper, and I'm going to pray for us. And then we'll dig in. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us together today. We appreciate the way that you use all these different forms of media uh, for us to have the opportunity to get to know you more, to, to learn more about you and fall deeper in love with you. So today, Lord, as we open up to a strange place in the Bible, I pray that you would speak through this moment, speak through your word um, and, and open up our, our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to see, hear, know, and love you more through this word. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to dive into the book of John today. And John is one of the four gospel stories. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. So it's the fourth one. Um, and this is just an account of Jesus. Um, it's one of the four that we hear, and they all have overlapping um, stories about Jesus, but there are different things um, within each of those Gospels. And so if we look at John, something kind of interesting about it is that um, it's one of the most poetic, if not the most poetic, right? It's, yeah, the most. The sure. most poetic Gospel out of the four, um, which is kind of cool for all those poetry nerds out there. Finn Foster. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, but as we look at John, um, it's a book of evidence that Jesus is the Son of God, and all who believe in him will have eternal life. Um, and all four Gospels have that underlining topic, you could say, but I think John really emphasizes that. And for those of you out there who are looking at John and they're, they're seeing at the top of their Bible, it says the Gospel according to John. And then as you start reading chapter one, it also mentions John. Those are two different Johns. I know. Mind blowing. Yeah. And we're going to get into that um, a few episodes from now. We're not really going to talk about it too much today, but it's a really helpful 
um, thing because you're going to read John once and then you're going to read John again, but they're two different people. Yep. The John who wrote the book of John is referred to as the one whom Jesus loved. And the John that is within the book of John is referred to as John the Baptist. Until later when the John whom Jesus loved is actually mentioned in the book of John. And then it just gets real confusing, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure. Yeah, we'll make sure we explain. So that's a little very short and simple, simply deep um, intro into the book of John. Yeah. And I just want to mention this one last little thing, specifically relating to the um, poetic element of this book. Um, it's going to sound a little confusing. In fact, here in a minute, uh, Chanel is actually going to uh, read um, these these verses, the starting verses, um, and you're going to get a little lost probably because we all get lost because it is poetic and we don't normally read poetry unless we're in like middle school English class. And so because of that, it's going to take a little bit more time for us to dig through uh, a couple of these elements. And we again, we have the ability... Um, to get lost, but we're going to try to make it so we don't. So because it's poetic, it can be confusing. And there's going to be what you can expect is imagery and metaphors and similes, uh, allusions. These are all like literary terms, but all I'm trying to say is it's not going to be as straightforward as say uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are just telling information. This is going to tell information, but in a unique type of way. And so as we do that, some of these words that you're going to hear aren't literal or they aren't exactly the way that they appear. They may be referring to something else. So I hope that you have your Bible in front of you so that as we read this, you can follow along um, with your finger or with your eyes. So that way you can actually see the words we're reading. Yeah. And I think um, on the simply deep aspect, um, a way to help you study the scripture we're about to go through is to think of, of it as Jesus was a human who John knew and loved, but also he recognized him as the creator of the universe, mm. um, which you can already hear some overlap into what we talked about last week. So yeah, go ahead. Let's read, do it. Let's read it. John 1, 1 through 5. We're going to start there. All right. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Well, that wasn't confusing at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Uh, you might notice in the beginning of what I just read, it says, in the beginning. Yeah, and it's huge. It proceeds to say, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. What does that even mean, Finn? Man, all right, so there's two things being mentioned here. First, we want to stop and just take a moment to reflect, <laughs> because those three words right there, right, in the beginning, you've heard them before. In fact, everyone in who's ever opened up the first page of the Bible has heard these before. In fact, we talked about them in our last episode. They were, they were the crucial moments that in the very beginning of all time, there was God. And then out of God being God, since he's always been there, he then created order out of chaos. He took what was utter chaos and made order as he made the earth. And that's huge. We saw that in Genesis 1. But then what you read here in the book of John is in the beginning was, and you'd expect to see God. In the beginning was God. Now we see in the beginning was 
the word. With a capital W. Capital W. Very, very important. Very important capital letter there. And then it says, and the word was with God. So now we're getting that moment of creation again. Mm. What I mean is, if you remember Genesis 1, it says that in the beginning was God. And this is also saying in the beginning was God, but there was this word that was with God. So now a new character, so to speak, is being added to this creation story. And the reason why that's important is because as you see there, it is a capital letter W, which means that, like I said a minute ago with poetry, this isn't literally referring to a word. Mm. It's referring to something more. There's something bigger that's happening here. And I'll just go ahead and spoil it for you. <laughs> You're going to see, you know what? No, I'm not. <gasps> I'm not going to spoil so it. Excited. Uh, I know everyone got pumped up. I'm not going to spoil it because you're going to see it here in a little bit. Um, but just know that there is another character in this story. And John, as he opens up his gospel, and as, as we remember what the gospels are, what Chanel said was that they are the story of Jesus's life, ministry, death, and resurrection. So we know that that's coming. And if this is the gospel according to John, how he's choosing to open up Jesus's story is by echoing and honestly mimicking the creation account of Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason why we paired Simply Deep Creation Part 1 with Simply Deep Creation Part 2, because we're getting a creation account here again. It's a retelling of that moment. But now instead of it just being God, We now have the word. And so I would love to just sit here and explain it more and more, but it's going to get explained in in a few verses. We're going to talk about it even deeper. So just know there's another character in this story and that he was with God in the very beginning. In fact, not only was he with God, but all things on earth were made through him. In fact, as it says in the confusing verse three, without him, without him, nothing was made. So every single thing on earth was made through this character called the word. He was with God in the very beginning and he was there to help create everything. And then in verse four, it says in him was life and the life was the light of men. This is where it's going to get even more imagery filled. But what's important here is that he had life. This word had life. In fact, he didn't just have it, but everything that was created that was given life was given life through this word. So you're saying he was life. I am. I'm giving, I'm giving a hint. I'm moving forward. He's moving forward. (laughs) Not fully spoiling, mostly spoiling. So can we look back on Genesis Mm one when it's talking about, we talked, we hit on the Trinity a little bit last week. Mm -hmm. Could this be referring to one of those others that it mentions. If you guys remember, we talked about the Trinity last week, like Chanel was talking about. Um, and I told her that she was spoiling it. I'm pretty sure. And if I didn't say that, I meant to. Oh, he said it. He did. He said it. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, let's just say that when in, in Genesis one, um, when he creates mankind, when God creates mankind, he says that he's going to make this mankind in their image, in his image. Um, And he says, we're going to make him in this way. And talking about the heavenly realms. And so, yes, I do believe that in Genesis 1, when he was talking to a group of people, that there's a really good chance that he was talking to the Trinity. And on top of that, there's a really good chance that what's happening right here in John 1 is further explaining one of the members of the Trinity. 
Okay. Just another name Just for another one name. of those members. Yeah. So far, all we know is per, this, this being's name is Word, capital W. Um, and then we get verse, uh, at the end of verse four, in the beginning of verse five, we get the same thing that is in Genesis one, verse three, which is the mention of light. And so now there is light being brought into the picture. So we're seeing a parallel there. There's this, what's, what's happening in John one is also happening in Genesis one, because in verse five of John, it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Not once Mm -hmm. has the darkness overcome the light. Um, And just as a little tip here, as we're moving forward, it might be helpful if you have like a little bookmark on Genesis one, I should have said this earlier. If you got a little bookmark on Genesis one and then a bookmark on John one, so you can kind of flip back and forth or maybe just like put your hand somewhere. So that way you can flip back and forth. Cause that's going to be um, helpful as we just kind of go back and forth ourselves. So you might hear our pages <laughs> flipping. Yeah, you're definitely going to hear our pages flipping, but here we go. That's that covers most of well, one through five. What we're honestly, if to summarize it, what we're seeing is that, God was there in the beginning of creation and John is confirming, yes, that's true. And he was also there with this other group of people in Genesis one, this heavenly realms group of people. And in John one, we're now getting the name of one of those heavenly beings. And that being's name is the word. So that's a good, decent summary there. So now six through eight, we're just going to really mention this section. I'm going to let Chanel take this section um, I'm going to read it for her because she read for me last time. And then uh, she's just going to mention it and we're going to keep grooving. So verse six, John one, verse six says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Remember, this is a different John. <laughs> he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. What's going on here, Chanel? Well, as Finn said, different John. This is John the Baptist we're referring to, not the John that's writing this text. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's saying he came as a witness to bear witness about the light. So we're continuing on the subject of light, um, which for those of you who have read through John know that we could possibly be talking about Jesus himself. Gosh, she did. She had to jump again. So John's mission, God gave John a very specific mission. And we know that because it says in verse six, there was a man sent from God. So this guy didn't just appear, um, but he had a mission that God had given him. And his job was to essentially prepare the way for Jesus um, to come, which is ironic because that's what's been happening throughout the whole Old Testament. Anyways, it's been a preparation of what's to come. Yeah, this is a this is, and we're going to see John's story uh, in in verses nineteen through twenty eight. Actually, nineteen through thirty four really is the, John the Baptist's story, um, but just not quite yet. Yeah, and I'm going to jump forward to nine really quick, just because in the very mm-hmm. first um, three words there it says the true light. And so we know that in Genesis 1-3, it talks about God creating light, and it's one of the first things that he creates. And then here in John 1 and verse 5, it's one of the first things that he mentions. And even before that, in verse 4, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so we're talking about the subject of light. Um, 
And as I said in verse 9, it says the true light. So this light is bigger than just some brightness. Um, And John's mission is to pave the way to prepare to start witnessing to people that they might believe in this said light that's to come. Mm, That's really good. Yeah, that's uh, the true light. I actually like that. I don't know if I actually even really caught that in in my first go through here um, of looking at John 1 because it is the true light, which ultimately makes it the better light. That this light that's coming now in John's telling of this story, it seems like he's transitioning. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's he's moving away from Genesis 1, so to speak, but he is moving into something else that relates directly to Genesis 1. And he's saying that this light that is now coming or that's about to come is the true light. So the light that came before, which is night and day, which we talked about in Genesis 1, that that is you know, the light that governs our day and night activities, right? 24 hours of a day, but that this light that is coming now is somehow better than that light. Yeah. And I think it's important too, to look at John and John is very similar to us that we Hmm. are not light, but more so reflections of the true light. And so our job just as much as John is that we're not necessarily preparing, but in a way we are for the second coming, but our job is to witness the light of Christ to others. And I think that we always hear in Sunday school kids, shout out to all my Sunday school kids who grew up in the church. (laughs) um, We would sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. You just had to work in some singing (laughs) onto this podcast. (laughs) And you guys all know the song, right? And we were like, okay, yeah, we're supposed to be lights. But when we see John being the first light that's mentioned um, by the word, which Finn mentioned before, that he himself is paving the way for the light. I just think that's really, really more important and bigger than we've made it out to be, I think. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's good. Yeah. It's important that John is paving the way. And again, we're going to get his, uh, we're going to get his story, um, a little bit later. And we're going to talk about, um, a prophecy, uh, Mm. a little bit later and what that means. Uh, pretty, pretty mystical stuff there. Magical. (laughs) Um, but we're not going to jump into it yet. In fact, we're going to jump into instead verse nine. So I'm going to go ahead and read those three words and some more words after it. it says this, uh, John 1, 9 says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. This is that transition moment. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet, the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become, he gave the right to them to become children of God who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So we now see the word he is being put in here. Some of your versions may have a capital he, some of them may not. Um, but here's what, what you're seeing is now we have the word who is also the light, who is also he. So we're, we're getting closer and closer to the identity of, of the word, of the light, and of he as we, as we move forward. Obviously, we all know who it is, but there's some tension that John is creating here in this moment. But let's talk about uh, 9 through 13 just for a moment here. Um, what, what is, what's sticking out to you? What do you see in verses 9 through 13? What's something that sticks out to you? I think 
I look at verse 11 and it says, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Mm. And it's interesting because I, I looked further into my Bible and all of those of you who have the really cool little footnotes at the bottom, um, I don't know if you have this in your Bible, but mine refers that little section. Um, and it says, Greek to his own things, that is his own domain and, and or his own people. And so this idea of domain is pretty big because... Finn, can you explain what a domain is? Yeah, I mean, the the reality of what's being mentioned here about domain is that when when this light, when this word came down to earth, he was coming to a specific place mm-hmm. and to a specific people, to the people that he was meant to come to. But the reality is that even though he was going to a specific place and going to a specific people, they did not receive him. In fact, they rejected him. And mm. We'll get to that. We will. We will. And as those, those of you who have read through the whole Old Testament know that that's a common pattern that happens over and over again. But now Jesus is actually coming. The one that we talked about, the one that has been prophesied is actually coming here in John. Yeah. And Chanel keeps saying Jesus um, and spoiling all my fun, but I'm creating tension over here. And she's like, let's just get to the heart of the matter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, yeah, so Jesus, Jesus is here, right? So this is the whole premise is that Jesus is here. The reason I'm trying to create tension is because I think John is creating that tension for us because these people already know this story of Jesus and John is just telling it to them in a poetic way. And he's doing it by proving that he's the answer to prophecies. He is the Messiah who has always been talked about, who has come to save the world. And he leads that in to probably one of my most favorite verses in all of scripture. Chanel, read it for us. Okay, this is verse 14. Um, And it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm. That's just beautiful. If you guys need like a memory verse, um, or like what did Finn talk about today? What did Chanel talk about today? Um, For me, memorize this one, or at least think about this one a lot. Just a beautiful, beautiful verse here. Because what's happening is John is now saying that word, that capital W word that was with God in the very beginning, the one who was also the light, that that word light became flesh, became a human being, took on flesh. It was in the heavenly realms, standing next to God the Father, and stepped down onto the earth that he created and took on flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt is one of the coolest words um, that we've run into yet. And that word is the word tabernacle, Mm -hmm. basically, more or less. Um, For those of you who know the Old Testament, then you've heard the story of the tabernacle, which is this giant box that Israel carried with them as they were traveling through the wilderness. And inside this box was the holiest of holy things. In fact, it was considered that it was God's very presence Mm. with them. His dwelling place. His dwelling place. So he was, the tabernacle was the place where God dwelled. And so this word dwelt is the tabernacle. And and even more literally, it means to pitch a tent. He pitched a tent among us. So the word left the heavenly places, took on gross human flesh, sinful by nature, sinful flesh, but his wasn't sinful. He just took on flesh to appear as a human and he pitched a tent in our lives. 
And John says, we have seen his glory. And that glory can only be identified as that of being the son of the father. And this is, again, the mention of the Trinity, right? He was in heaven with God the father. And this is God the son leaving heaven, taking on flesh. And we only know him as the son. And that son, we call him Jesus. So there's the tension I was creating all for that moment. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that it's safe in the most simplest terms to say that the word that we read about in John 1, 1, where it says in the beginning was the word is Jesus. Is yes. that a simple way to put it? 100%. Great. Because I think that can be really confusing for people because this is the first time Jesus has been referred to as the word because never once in the Old Testament was he referred to as that. Yeah, and that's it's really important because there's another thing too is Jesus is never mentioned in the Old Testament. Right, he's just the one that's to come. He's the Messiah, right? Right, right. it's prophesied about. Mm -hmm. The one who has come to save is what Messiah means, the one who will save the world, the anointed one. Um, yeah, and he's never mentioned in all of the Old Testament by name. In fact, to this point, again, John, of all the four Gospels, is something just to keep in the back of your brain, the book of John was actually the last one written. So that Matthew, mm -hmm. Mark, and Luke were already written, um, and, and people knew these stories because they lived it, and the book of John was written a little bit later, and that's why he gets to be so poetic about it. Mm. He's He's telling the same exact story that everyone already knows. There's some other details inside of the book of John. In fact, chapter two starts a detail that's not really mentioned anywhere else. But um, the, the whole point is that he's just retelling something in a really specific way. And the really specific way he's telling this is to connect the dots that Jesus is the word, that Jesus is the light, that Jesus is the one who was with God in the very beginning before the world was created. And in fact, when God the Father was creating everything, he created everything in the world through Jesus. And this is super, super important because in terms of the whole story of the Bible, that means that Jesus knew the plan of how he was going to be the one to save humanity from when the world was created. He was there in the very beginning with God, and he knew everything about the story of God's people at the very beginning of everything. This is huge. Like This is like the most massive theological nerdy moment ever because Jesus was there in the very beginning. He was the light and he was the word. And it describes at the end of verse 14, it describes who he is. He's full mm, of grace good. and yeah. truth, which we'll see all throughout the rest of the New Testament. And there will be other character traits that will come up, obviously. But this is the first time, again, in the New Testament that we've heard him described as full of grace and truth. Yeah, full of grace and full of truth. And before we jump, because we're going to jump to verse 16, not 15, because 15 is belonging back to John the Baptist again. And we're going to hit on that when we talk about him. So we're going to jump to 16, 17, and 18 in a second. But before we jump to 16, 17, and 18, let's just take a deep breath for one moment. Let's just pause. <sighs> because we've talked about a lot. That reminds me of the Grinch, that meme where the Grinch is in yoga and he like breathes in and, and the yoga teacher says, okay, oh, that's everyone like, breathe yeah. out. And he like, <laughs> and like the scream that he makes, it's like a Geico commercial. Finn or something can do like that. that scream really well. We're not going to do that on the mic. Okay. Well. It would shatter the speakers in your it car would, or on your headphones. Um, but everyone take a Grinch deep breath. <laughs> the reality is this. The reason why we've connected these stories is because it's two creation moments. It's the same creation moment said differently. And what we're learning is that John, the one that Jesus loved, 
is telling the creation story from Genesis in a way that is calling out to everyone saying, you know this story. You know that Jesus was there. He was there. This is the Messiah. So he is telling everyone, there's a reason why I'm opening the book this way. He's the one we've always talked about. And then he goes into John the Baptist, and then he says that he's going to be rejected. And he starts naming out a couple prophecies that all the people would have known as, oh, he really is talking about the Messiah. He's talking about the one we've been waiting for for thousands of years. And so there's a reason why we've paired them, and it's to show you that the creation of the world back in Genesis 1 is beautiful, and it's deep in and of itself, but it's simply deeper when you connect it with John 1. So um, what we're going to do is actually go into verses 16 through 18 now. So here's those last three verses. It says this, for from his fullness, this is, remember, we're talking about Jesus, the word, the sun, the light here. From, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, grace abounding, Paul would say. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Mm. 16 through 18, powerful stuff there. And something, again, back to those footnotes. Make sure your Bible <laughs> has footnotes. They're very helpful. Um, but that grace it's talking about, um, mm. in my Bible it says grace in place of grace, which Oof. is kind of cool. It's like as if this grace wasn't enough, I'll give you grace in place of that grace. Yeah, here's some more grace. Like, in other I'll words. give you all of the grace. Yeah, in other words, it's never ending. Which, again, there's a lot of power behind this, which mm. I just want to jump to and talk about Jesus and how good he is, but... <laughs> <laughs> then won't let me. No, not yet. It's too early. <laughs> it's too early to talk about how good Jesus is. It is. Um, so here's the here's the reality. These last few verses uh, bring up the law that was given through Moses and how Jesus is a little bit different. Talks about how no one's ever actually seen God, but then there's this God. Um, we're going to talk about all these things as we move forward because there's other stories and other connecting points here um, that are other areas. And in fact, we will refer back to John 1 multiple mm-hmm. times as we move forward. But... All this is to say that it's for from his fullness that we have all received grace upon grace. And so the reality is this idea of this never ending grace that is given to us by God through Jesus has always been the plan. So from the very beginning, when God created Adam, he knew what was going to happen, right? So for all of those, I want to say youth kids, because I know a lot of you are probably asking this question, why did God not just do this from the beginning? Mm. Why did it have to go through Adam and Eve and then Cain killing Abel and then all of the horrible, horrible things that happened throughout the Old Testament? And then we have the the prophets that then say, but this is what's to come. Mm. Why did God not just from the very beginning give us Jesus and say, all will be well, there will be a redeemer? Why did all the other stuff have to happen? Mm, that's such a good question. Because if you think about it, and if you go back and do some like calculating of years, <laughs> honestly, yeah. uh, it's thousands of years. It's a lot, a lot, um, lot. I mean, it's it's absurd how much time passes in between the moment of Adam and Eve all the way to this moment where we see the light and um, the word coming down from heaven to live among us on earth. It's a long time. And so the question of why did he not just do this from the beginning is is complex, but it's also beautiful. Mm. 
And the beautiful reality is this. God knew that if he created mankind in his image, that they would have this tendency to desire to constantly just be God. And he knew that. Hmm. But the reality was he wanted to show them, his, his goal all along was to show them how much he, as the chief of all, of all creation, how much he loved his creation. He wanted to show them in the most extravagant way possible how much he loved them. He wanted to show them that no matter how much they rejected him, no matter how much they chose to create their own kingdoms, no matter how much they chose to be their own people, selfish and driven by their own desires, that he would still love them. Mm. And he was going to love them so much that as we see in this great book of John, in chapter 3, verse 16, one of the most well-known Bible verses in all of Scripture— He says this, he says, for God so loved the world. He loved the world this much, guys. He loved the world this much. He wanted to prove his love to all of us that he gave his only son, the one who was in heaven with him at the very beginning of everything. He gave him down to earth that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Mm. For God, this is verse 17, because we forget to read 17. 17 (laughs) is beautiful. 15 is good too. And 15 is also good. (laughs) 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send his son into the world to point fingers and say, you're all done for. You've messed up completely. There is no return from all the times you've rejected him. He didn't send him to do that. But what he did was he sent him in order that he... Sorry, in order that the world might be saved through him. Mm. That was the goal, was I'm going to show you, God says, I'm going to show you my immense love for you, that even though you hate me and you reject me time after time, I'm still going to sacrifice my own son on your behalf. And Mm. he's going to go onto a cross and he's going to die the death that you deserve to die for rejecting me. And in that death, he's going to take upon my full wrath, the wrath that all of you are owed, because not only have you made me angry, but you've continually made me angry because you've chosen yourself and not me, even though I've loved you. And I'm going to pour out my wrath on you. But instead of you getting that wrath, Jesus takes it on himself and he goes to the grave. And then out of the grave, three days later, he rises up, defeating Satan, sin, and death defeating all of it and rising back up into heaven to sit with his father once again. But even though he defeated all of it and he did it all on our behalf, he wasn't done yet because then he decided to give us his Holy Spirit, the same power that rose him out of that grave to live within us, which is yet another version of that word dwelt, Mm. which I was going to read today, but it's just too far forward. (laughs) But in Ephesians 3, it talks about Jesus dwelt with us on earth. He pitched his tent in this moment in John 1 in our lives. And then when he left to go back to heaven, he sent down his spirit to pitch his tent in us, Mm -hmm. not just among us, but within us. That's so good. Mm. That's so good. When I studied John about a year ago, and I use the enduring word all the time, you guys will, will realize I love to have some form of context or some form of uh, study material to help me um, just make sense of scripture. I don't want to just read it and have it 
not really make a difference because mm-hmm. I'm just reading it to read it. That's right. But when I read the enduring word, he had said before Christ, people could only know God partially. And after Christ, people could fully know God. Would Ooh. you agree with that? <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Um, before Christ, we, we only saw this again. This is, this is like historical, right? Because mm-hmm. Jesus has already come. We're, we're living in 2021. Jesus has already come and gone. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that before Jesus, and this actually works still in 2021 for some of you who have, uh, you know, who, who have accepted Jesus, look back on your, on your life before you accepted Jesus. You only knew God partially. You could only know God sort of. Maybe what other people said about you or about, about God to you, or maybe what you thought you read in scripture, even though you hadn't really understood scripture yet, you could only see God partially. But when you accepted that Jesus Christ left heaven, lived a perfect life, died a death you deserve to die, rose again, defeating Satan, sin, and death, and then gave you the Holy Spirit, the day that you made that declaration and you became a Christian, all of a sudden, you could know God fully. God opened up your eyes to see him in scripture, to Mm -hmm. see him in the world. He opened up your ears so you could hear him at all times. And he opened up your heart so that you could love him more. And now you can Mm -hmm. actually do that. And so before Christ, we could only know God a little bit, but after Christ, we can know him full. We can know God fully. Yeah. The veil being torn. Yeah. Yeah. There is no more covering. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh man, we're going to keep going. So we got to stop. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you now see the connection between John one and Genesis one and why we compared two creation stories together. Guys, my hope for each and every one of you today is that as you read the Bible and you look at these world famous stories, these, these super famous stories that everyone around the world knows about the Bible, that you would realize that there's so much more going on. In fact, they're not just simple stories, but they are simply deep. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Digging In Podcast Simply Deep series. Join us as we open up our next two-part episode by looking at the next incredibly famous moment in the book of Genesis as we talk about Genesis 3.